Hello, friends, and welcome to the Exploring Washington State podcast. My name is Scott Cowan, and I'm the host of the show. Each episode, I have a conversation with an interesting guest who is living in or from Washington State. These are casual conversations with real and interesting people. I think you're going to like the show. So let's jump right in with today's guest. Hey, everyone. Welcome to this episode of the Exploring Washington State podcast. This is episode number 250. It is also the episode that we are celebrating our third anniversary of the Exploring Washington State podcast. This show started back in May of 2020. And my guest today is a good friend of mine, known him for longer than we both probably care to admit, Todd Phillips. Todd is the only person, so you can all be mad at him, but Todd is the only person who's been involved in all 250 of these episodes. Todd is our producer. He's the guy who tries to clean up my stumbling and bumbling and bad audio. So Todd, welcome. Welcome. Oh, I'm supposed to actually talk. Yes, oh, you have to talk. Yes. So Todd, this episode in my mind is going to be kind of a, a look backwards at the last uh, three years of work. And I'd, I'd like to, before we go there, well, actually, no, I don't care who you are. Let's just talk about the show for a bit. We'll get, get to who you are in a little bit. But so Todd, so this is the question I have. This is, this is, this is a sincere, genuine question. I think I probably approached you in what, April of 2020, right? Like right when the pandemic was, you know, we weren't sure where it was going, but we were all sitting at home a lot. And I think I had this idea, like, I think a podcast would be good because the Explore Washington State website, well, it's not like we could recommend to people that they could go out and do things because we couldn't. So in an effort to keep talking about Washington, I thought, well, maybe I could actually talk about Washington. And so I approached you with the idea of, hey, do you want to be the audio engineer for this thing? And for some reason that escapes me, you said, yes. Um, I must have been severely hungover or something. I don't know. Well, um, okay. I could believe so that. On, honestly, um, it sounded like a good idea at the time that you were going to do. And I figured that ah, won't be take too much of my time. And I really do want to support my friend in his artistic endeavors. Um, what was I thinking? Well, Okay, so we can we can ex we can excuse that as is the 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 ramblings of a madman if you would have quit, but here we are, <laughs> two hundred and fifty episodes in. Did you ever think when I asked you to do this that we would be having a conversation three years later, a two hundred and fifty episodes later? It is kind of surprising. I figured that uh, either you were going to give Joe Rogan a run for his money or we would have hung it up after the first three or four months. I I have to say I'm very impressed, uh, not only at how well you've done with it, but uh, hanging in through the tough times and the good ones. What tough times? Nothing, is, nothing has gone wrong for 250 episodes. Oh, of course not. No, especially not during the uh, pandemic when people wanted to talk, but then they didn't want to talk for two or three months and let's reschedule. Um, 
and the dreaded recorder issues, uh, microphone issues, um, you know, people that insist on chewing gum while being interviewed, or at least sounding like it. I never chewed gum while I was being interviewed, but while I was interviewing, maybe I was chewing gum. Possibly. Possibly. So, um, in, in all seriousness... You have to admit, I've been remarkably restrained about putting uh, joke sequences into the finished audio, knowing that you probably wouldn't ever hear it. <laughs> uh oh, you're very I think kind. I just tip my hand. <laughs> <laughs> so, if if I'm being, you know, it's not that I'm not being honest, but if I'm being, you know. Thoughtful. I don't know that I expected we, not that you and I, but I don't expect that the Royal We would be having our 250th episode. Um, and certainly not if I would have had a clue as to how much work it takes to put an episode out, even, even with our very and by design are very casual, minimal editing. We're not, we're not cleaning these up. We're not reorganizing out of sequence statements and conversation. We're, mm-hmm. we're, we're, we're cleaning up Well, we, you are cleaning up some ums and ahs and the occasional uh, dog barking in the middle of the interview <laughs> or, you know, things like that. But we, we don't, this is not a highly edited uh, show by design. And even so, no. it's been a, a ton of work for, for you, uh, a ton of work for me. And had I had an inkling of what I was suggesting we should try, I, I, I don't, I would have talked myself out of it. So I thank you for uh, going on this journey with us so far. I mean, Mackenzie's done a few episodes for us. And that's why we can say that you're the only one so far that's been uh, had something to actually do with the actual recording of every of every single episode. I had never thought of it that way, honestly. That's still kind of setting me back on my heels a little bit, just thinking about that. Yeah, I mean, and so what I what I need you to answer now. This I I need this. This is a you you can't avoid this question. This is one of those questions I ask my guests that you oh, can't definitely you can't. cake. No, no, that's not the question. So who's the better host, me or Mackenzie? You. Oh, you, you answered that too easy. Come on. You could have, yeah. I'm sorry. Did I say you? I, Kenzie. No. Um, um, joking aside, you seem to be more comfortable carrying on a conversation with other people and finding ways to... Uh, make them comfortable, but also pretend, I mean, uh, be interested. (gasps) I I am joking there. (laughs) Um, No, I I think your sense of conversation is just a little more developed than Kenzie, and she's done a great job. I'm I'm not trying to cut her down in any way. I've really enjoyed the episodes that she's done. It's just, I think, you have a gift for 
carrying on a conversation with somebody and uh, drawing them out. Well, thank you for that. That's that's very kind of you. And um, you can now open that first envelope with the check in it uh, that's there on your desk. Appreciate that. Oh, hey, wow. That's how'd that get there? How? Hmm. No, the, the, in all seriousness, I mean, Kenzie has done a great job and mm -hmm. she, she is, I, I know when I talk to her, she, every time she's going to be the host, she's nervous and stressed out and doesn't think she'll do a good job. And every time that she's been the host, and she has been the host in a long time, frankly, but um, she's done, she's done a fine job every time. Mm -hmm. I, I thought that she's, she has. she's done a fine job. Um, so all kidding aside, she's, she's been she's great in this and she does so many th other things for explore washington state so well that you know i i can't even get close to being good at it. so but i want to talk about 250 and i'm not going to ask you who your favorite guest was because i don't think that that's a um uh <laughs> that I don't would know. be difficult but i would like to ask you thematically what type of guests have you enjoyed as you're listening to these conversations and um, going and, you know, you know. I think honestly, um, I identify with the musicians the most easily. Okay. But they haven't really been the episodes that I end up listening to entirely. And I have to admit that I don't listen to every single minute because I'm looking at a graphical representation of the waveforms and there are some things that I can easily identify just looking at the waveform to see that that's something I need to edit. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm not always... I. The funny thing here is I have to admit podcasts are not a medium that I enjoy. Okay. I don't usually like to sit somewhere and listen to someone else having a conversation. It's uh, kind of like being at a family gathering when my wife is mad at me and I'm not allowed to speak. Um <laughs> It's uh, been a few of the other conversations that have kind of come up from nowhere that uh, end up, I'm, I listen to every bit and almost want to replay it because I have so much fun with it. Give me an example. Um, the episode with Archie McPhee. Oh, that goes um, way back. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I've actually, I've been looking at, uh, the list of all the episodes, because typically when I'm done with an episode and I send it off to you to be published, I'm done with it. Um, it's out of mind and I'm looking forward to the next task. Well, but the other day, some when of we them were... do stand out. Uh, that was one of them because I found myself laughing about it so much. Um, and I it promptly then got on their website and ordered myself a rubber chicken. I, um, I ordered some things too. I, what I think was interesting the other day when we were talking on the phone about this and, and kind of giving you kind of the, the general overall direction that I wanted this to, to go was, mm -hmm. and you made it, you made kind of a, an offhand comment. You're like, well, I've, I've flushed my Ram. I'm done. 
It's I'm done. <laughs> and I actually yeah. laughed at that in a, in a way because similarly, I have a challenge going back and listening to the episodes. When we first started this, I had a challenge going back and listening to the episodes because I didn't want to hear my voice. Mm -hmm. And it was just, I couldn't get past the sound of my own voice, which I think is a pretty common thing for many people that are doing oh, speaking. Yeah. Okay. How, so I, how do you think I feel about looking forward to editing this one? Well, it'll be perfect. You won't have to edit I, it. I'm sure that I'm going to hate the sound of my voice. Well, I've gotten past that. But now when I when I go back and I listen to an episode, I rarely do I listen to them their entirety again. Because one of the challenges that I have is, oh, I wish I would have said it like this or oh mm. they said x and i could have pulled on that thread but i went in this direction oh i wish i could go back and i think that would be the case for anybody who's listening to a conversation when you have the benefit of a memory to to work off of because it's you know it's like watching a rerun of a show you're like oh i know that joke's coming up here oh but it'd been funnier if it would have been over here and, mm -hmm. and so I kind of, I, when you said you, you know, you, you, you flush your Ram, I was kind of laughing because in, in a lot of ways it's very similar for me. Mm -hmm. Um, now what I can say is the Archie McPhee episode was very early on and I was very, um, very nervous and, um, I don't want to say I'm confident and comfortable now, but you have 250 conversations using the same gear in the same, it becomes, I'm, I'm going to, I sign into this and I turn on my microphone and put my headphones on right. and I do all these, I have all these, I have a routine. And back then I didn't have, the routine wasn't built in yet. And I was really thrilled. And I had two guests. I think that was the first episode where I had two guests on, which I is think a it was. really yeah. different dynamic um, to control uh, the conversation with three people or four people. Um, so that was an interesting one that you bring up. Okay. Um, I'm going to say, I'm going to go, you know, and I'll, we'll bounce this back and forth because it's kind of a, a retrospective look. I, uh, the, for me, I, I, I've talked about this before, but the one, the one episode that for me was like, um, very, very interesting was with the Nick Sentner episode, because yeah. I'd reached out to him via email and he said, sure, I'll be on the show. And I go, Hey, how about doing it on such and such time? He goes, great. Boom, boom. Send me the link. And I sent him the link and I hadn't talked to him. And mm -hmm. this was very early on. And at that time I wasn't having a pre-recording phone call, the first date, if you will. So <laughs> Nick Zentner pops up on the screen. I see him in for, for the first time. Right. And literally it was like, well, you're ready to go. Let's go do your intro. And it was like, I think, you know, and he just goes, we'll be fine. Just go. And you know, this is a guy who at that time had done a thousand, he'd been on, you know, he, his, his TV, his TV show on PBS, thousands of, you know, uh, lectures at central. And, and so he was very comfortable with, with the, yeah the art of public speaking, if you will. And I'm just like, ah, and 
it was a fun conversation for me. And I just remember that he's talking and this is still, I think out of all the episodes, this is still probably my favorite, most memorable sequence out of all 200 and mm -hmm. episodes was when he goes, well, the rocks in, in, in I'm paraphrasing and, and I apologize, Nick, for not getting this correct, but, but basically he was talking about the rocks and the enchantments, how they came from Baja, California. Yeah. And I went, huh? And I said, what? You mean, what? He goes, oh, you are listening. And that, that, <laughs> that segment, I was just like fascinated by the fact that the, the, the Cascade mountain range that we think of, you know, as being the enchantments here, you know, in, in, in Leavenworth area, those rocks over millions of years started mm -hmm. off down in Baja, California, what, what we know as Baja, California. And so all these mountains are moving and yeah. I was just blown away by that. And I still am to this day, whenever I think about it, I found that to be the most mind blowing statement that anybody has, has made. That episode actually would be on my short list also. Um, not so much for the same reason, though, because there was a time coming out of high school, I really wanted to be a geologist. Mm -hmm. And so I was actually already familiar with a lot of the concepts that he brought up. But what made it so fun for me was, one, that it amazed you so much, and two, that he's such a good presenter. Oh, yeah. I would love to have one of his lecture classes because I think it would just be a, a great time every day and you'd yeah. be able to absorb so much information. And he explains it so well. Yeah. I mean, that's it, kind it, of a rare gift. Yeah. So that, so, so what's funny is that these two episodes that you and I are talking about are, are very early on in the mm -hmm. show. And, um, and, and I don't know, is that because of the, you know, the, wide eyed, you know, naivete that I had doing this at that time. I, I, don't, uh, I don't know. That probably played a part in it. I'm sure. Part of what I've always described when people ask me about this crazy podcast idea that Scott's doing, um, I talk about kind of the purpose of it is to share a love of the state by talking with interesting people in various different roles that we probably wouldn't have a chance to meet on our own in an average day. This is, where else can you go to talk to a geologist one day to the high priestess of the rubber chicken another day and uh, get a guy that plays the accordion who's played with uh, the symphony and just such a range of interesting people. Some of the authors that you've had on the uh, key business people and uh, one of the absolute high water marks for me was when you interviewed Pat Cashman. It was like, here's a guy that's been such a part of my view of what Seattle has been for decades and oh wow we get to actually hear his thoughts and his experiences on all this that was pretty cool 
Pat, Ka- Pat Cashman was, uh, he was, he was just a lot of fun. And I just, mm-hmm. I, the part about, and I hadn't thought about that episode, so I'm glad you brought that one up, but it's a very, at the beginning when he was talking about, you know, talking into the heat ducts in his house and having his own little, <laughs> his own little radio station as a kid throughout the house. I just thought, yeah, I, I just, that was, that was a funny, funny, you know, nugget. And, and he, you know, cause he's a funny man. I mean, he's, he's an incredibly entertaining um, man. And, uh, and I'm with you. It's like almost live was, uh, a, not a huge, but it was, it was an integral part of my, uh, my twenties because it was a fun show to watch. And they, the whole cast, the whole cast, and I hope to have other cast members on, they were, it was just a great show that made fun of Seattle in a, in such a well thought out way without right. being, without being offensive, you know, you can talk about, you know, the Ballard driving school where you got to make sure your seatbelts hanging out the door and um, you know, things like that. I just always loved almost live. So to have Pat on was, um, yeah, was really, yeah. really a high point. And but, there was a time, um, not long after college when I was driving a messenger vehicle for a bank that no longer exists. And I was out driving through Seattle every day and I saw so many cars in Ballard with the seatbelt hanging out the door that I thought they must have been advertising almost live. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, and so you identified with the musicians, but yet you you've, you're talking about Pat Cashman. You're talking mm-hmm. about you know Archie McPhee and all of that. Is there been an episode? And I don't mean this in a negative way. I mean this in a in a very you know, honest, honest way. Is there an episode when I said, Hey, um, the episode's ready for you to work on. And you're like, Oh, it's Scott's talking to who, about what? <laughs> and, and that you, and you're like, cause you know, not, not every episode's going to be like your wheelhouse. Wow. But I really don't want to no, no, answer no, no, that. No, 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 um, no, no. I, I, I got, I'm not done with the question. So once okay. again, so was there, is there been like an episode that you're like, Oh really? Scott's talking to so-and-so. Huh? Okay. But when you, when you, when you got into it, you're like, Oh, this is actually kind of cool. Like, were you pleasantly surprised? I know the episode and I can't think of the guest's name now. Um, he was one of the top executives at Starbucks. That oh, Howard you Bihar. Inter- yeah. Howard Bihar. I was thinking, oh my God, another businessman talking about coffee, which it's probably the one thing about our friendship that is probably going to shock people the most is I don't drink coffee. Um, So, you know, yeah, I, I have to admit my enthusiasm going into that episode was not as high as it could have been. But I found the conversation absolutely fascinating and uh, really, I really enjoyed hearing about his life experiences um, in growing the business and um, learned quite a few things I didn't know that I actually thought were very cool. Can you give me an example? 
No. <laughs> I, I flushed that ram. Oh, you flushed that ram. Um, you just remember that there was something. Well, on the no, I, I was thinking about you were talking with him about specific products that were developed. And uh, was it the Mazagrand? No, 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 no. What was the one that he fought the champion? Was it the Frappuccino? The Frappuccino. The Frappuccino. Yeah, yeah that. It surprised me that people didn't see the the appeal in that more easily. Well, but I I mean I worked for the company when that came out and mm -hmm. it was I I heard okay, so at the time that I was working for the company, my role was I was at the help desk and the help desk was for the stores to call in when they had problems right. with their with their point of sale systems and things like that. And so I would work, I worked the graveyard overnight shift, which was to help stores close or on the East coast to get them open in the morning. And so that's typically when the stores had problems was st the system didn't come back from polling or things like that. That's because they didn't have a rubber chicken on top of the terminal. Probably. That's a little known uh, support secret. But one of the common threads when this, Frappuccino first came out was how labor intensive they were and how it was such a diff because what they were doing mm. is putting the, the we'll call them a blender. Uh, the stores weren't designed for these blenders to be put in them. So they, the, square, right. the, the, the square footage that they took was just expensive to the stores and the baristas were not, not real happy about it. And the sound was not very pleasant for right. any customers in the store. And then they, you know, they, they kept Improving and improving and improving. But what happened very quickly in what Howard alluded to in the, in the episode, but what happened very quickly was the store managers loved it because instead of having a, a crash in the afternoon, they actually had another spike. And so yeah. what it did was it really helped the store's revenues and it, it helped the stores maintain staffing better because you didn't need to have just all these morning people. You could now, offer afternoon and evening shifts to more people. And that worked well. That was a, it was an amazing, an amazing product that, you know, almost didn't make it to get out of the gates. Um, so there you go. And that was actually one that I enjoyed getting when we would meet at Starbucks. Right. You would, you would get them because there it was fake coffee. Yeah. It was a frou-frou drink. Frou-frou drink. From a, <laughs> So I'd like to talk about a couple of, so, so this, this episode's kind of like behind the, behind the microphone, if you will, open the curtain up. Um, have I improved in the way that you're getting the files these days? You used to complain, you don't give me a notice. And folks, you can't see him, but he's making the look on his face like he just ate a lemon. Um, What's been hard for you when it comes to producing the content? Usually it's a pretty well-established process now. Um, and there aren't too many things that I worry about unless um, it's a guest that has a very challenging setup. Um 
the live on-site recordings are, well, that's not fair. They can be a real challenge. Mm -hmm. um, they have gotten much better. But when the file gets to me, I get one single channel that has both you and the guest on it. And I have to split that out into separate tracks so that I can work with it. Yeah, I know you're looking confused. Uh, there is a track for the audio and there is a track for sound effects that has nothing on it. That's why there are two tracks in the file. But um, I, upload I have four. I upload four, even with just two guests, there's four files. Uh, there's usually three. There's a project file, there's an audio file, and then there's a file that would have your uh, your stingers, your you know, transition sounds or whatever. Um, so it, it's not a problem, except that I flush my RAM and I have to remember, how do I do that again? It's mm. something about processing the track, and splitting it into two, because then I can apply the magic to both of them and uh, make adjustments and mm. mute one when there's a little background noise and try to make it a little better. And this is the part of the show where Scott doesn't understand what he's been doing wrong for the last three years. No, um, no it's, it's... we'll have to work on that, but it, no, 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 it's fine. I know how to handle it. As long as it's just two, it's easy. If we have more than that, it might be more of a challenge. And we've had a couple of episodes where you're interviewing a band and you have four or five people and, or one of my other favorite episodes and, uh, it was Potosa's. Uh, talking about the fine art of accordion making, which turned out to be one of my favorite episodes just because everybody was so darn entertaining and I was cracking up through half of it, listening to the stories and trying to imagine what it would be like just sitting in on that conversation. It would have been an awful lot of fun to be there. That was a fun conversation. They were... Uh... They were quite engaging. And if I'm being transparent, never held the accordion in particularly high regard. <laughs> With apologies to Renee Fabre. Mm -hmm. um, I, I mean, I do and I don't. It's it kind of, it, you know, I kind of make a, you know, you know, kind of. And but it's, it's easy to make jokes about people who play the accordion. But on the other hand, when you hear somebody who's particularly good at it, you find yourself tapping your foot along with it and clapping harder. Absolutely. It's like yeah. almost embarrassing. Right. But I had no idea how complex uh, mm -hmm. and intricate an accordion uh, is. And I had no idea that uh, Potosa uh, is one of those manufacturers that's held in such high international acclaim. Exactly. And, um, and, and, and I'll reference the Toby Hansen episode where Toby 
uh, was playing his accordion on, on the show. And, and Toby was talking about his, his going to Potosa and that's, that's kind of the first time that that name became, Oh, you know, out in my mm-hmm. awareness. And, and I, I really enjoyed listening to Toby. I had a, I had a, I had a, a lot of fun talking to Toby and, uh, and then Renee, Renee Fabre, who's been on the show and he's a dear friend of mine. Uh, his father was an accordion, um, instructor, uh, played professionally through the fifties and sixties and seventies, uh, made, made an entire living as a, as an accordion player in the Seattle market and his relationship with, the, with that company. And so to go and sit down with them in their, in their showroom, because we were in the showroom when we recorded that, which was not an optimal place from a technical standpoint. <laughs> and there were I, challenges. Yes. And yes. I know that the mics were, <clears throat> the levels were not great. And we weren't practicing good mic etiquette. Um, and Renee was sitting there listening and he, you know, he was like, I don't know. I think he was like, a, you know, proverbial kid in a candy store. Um, <laughs> it was, it, but it was, the conversation was great. Those guys were amazing and they were a lot of fun. And, you know, it's just another example of a company here in Washington state that um, is significant in its industry. And it's just like we, we say Boeing or Starbucks or, you know, Nintendo, those are all, you know, iconic Washington state businesses that when you, when you say Boeing or Starbucks, you think Washington state and there's plenty of other much smaller businesses that are just as powerhouse in their own genres and their own industries. Absolutely. So it's been kind of fun to um, peel back the layers of the onion and talk to people in with topics that I would have never in a million years talked about. What would you, that has been fun. What would you like to see? Let's, 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 we've been looking backwards. So let's look forwards a little bit here. What would you like to see over the next 250 episodes? Oh, gosh. I think I would like to see some episodes with some of the uh, more eccentric um, personalities in the state. I've I've kind of pushed you a little bit on trying to get somebody to come in and talk about Bigfoot a little bit. Mm -hmm. And uh, yes, I actually am that weird. (laughs) Um, But I don't want to be the one that comes in and talks about all this. Okay. Um, but that's another thing that Washington state is famous for, honestly. Mm-hmm. And I think there would be some very interesting material that could come up there. Um, but I do agree that we have to consider whether that's something that your audience would really appreciate as much. Um, I'd like to see some stuff about destinations again. Um, The pandemic really set us back so much on the idea of being able to travel around the state. Mm -hmm. I I think it would be something that many of us are really hungry for is to get back out, um, out in the outdoors, but also then thinking about destinations that, uh, 
those of us who think that climbing the stairs is a major expedition it is would maybe be a little more accepting of uh you know cool places we can go and uh walk on more or less a level paved pathway to see something cool well i have to have a sherpa to climb my stairs from my office to the dining room I well i saw the was, stairs that was part of the reason that we sold our last house and moved out here where it's nice and flat. So you want more destinations. Interesting. Okay. We can, I uh, think that would be kind of fun. Um, businesses I think are always good, um, to meet some of the personalities behind, uh, some of the success stories in our state. That's fun. Sports people are fun. Although I have to admit, I'm I'm not really a sports fan to the degree that you are. Of course, I'm not sure that's possible for other people. Um, especially when it comes to baseball. Uh, gosh, I don't know. I I think we've had a lot of success, but I think that uh, because you know Raymond Hayden now. That there will be many more fine musicians in this state that are, you know, either established or up and coming stars that we will probably be able to talk to. And I do think that we need a t shirt for I Met Raymond Hayden. Just throwing that out there as an idea. Of course, I haven't met him yet, but. I feel like I did after listening to him through the whole episode. <laughs> this would be interesting. I wonder if I can get an intern. So if you're listening to this and you're in college and looking for credit, maybe you could sign up for an intern program. We'd like you to go listen to the entire catalog and come back and tell us which past guest name has been mentioned in more episodes. I would say that Raymond Hayden probably is up there. Rene Fabre is up there too, uh, but I, I, I think it's we're probably going to have to give the nod to Raymond. Raymond has certainly been um, an integral part in helping us get guests. Uh, new a new person to the show really is Bob Anton, and oh yeah, he has he has introduced me to um, multiple people, and that that list is just continuing to grow. Um, and he's, you know, he was on, he did talk, you know, he did talk serial killers and, and, and Sasquatch there. So we, Which we but I have to admit blew my mind. Okay. The, so we did a uh, relationship there. Yeah. That was an interesting, uh, an interesting thread. And he's Bob is a very, uh, multifaceted uh, person. And in, in, you know, for those of you that are listening, Bob will be back on, uh, future episodes, we got a couple of other things kind of lined up to do. What? So we're gonna just completely stop about the podcast, and, and we're gonna we're gonna kind of for the audience, if you're all remotely interested, I've known Todd since we were freshmen at Central Washington University back in 1980. Uh, Todd was supposed to be my roommate. Uh, for some reason, he didn't show up on time. Is at least the story that I'm sticking with. And Thank God we and were yes, not. Yes. We um, would have killed each other the right. first month. 
but uh, I've known Todd since you know August or you know August of 1980, so that's a long time. Um, we've been roommates. Uh, we uh, shared a house with uh, a, a podcast, uh, past podcast guest. In fact, uh, that guest has been on the show four times, which is currently the most of any uh, uh, one guest. We're going to have to do the five timers club like Saturday Night Live. Everyone's going to get a robe if they've been on the show five times. Um, and that's uh, Michael Wansley, or as a lot of you may know, Wands of uh, the thrift shop song uh, with Macklemore back in a decade ago. A decade ago, that song came out. So no. the three of us lived together in a house in Ellensburg. And I, the memories are, f it was a long time ago, so memories can be fuzzy. Um, Which but just the, means we can make it up and nobody right, else can but, prove but, it's but wrong. I seem to remember, so, so I'm going to describe the house through my lens and you will get to a chance to re rebut my statements. Um, you were a music major at that time. Mm -hmm. And you were into classical music and opera. Mm -hmm. Mike was a music major and he was into more jazz and. Um, yeah, uh, he was on the other side of the house. Right. And then I was into 70s and 80s rock and roll music. So mm -hmm. between the three of us, we had a fairly extensive collection of albums. And very and eclectic. Very eclectic. I mean, the, the household, you, anyone could come and visit us and find something that they would like to listen to. But what I remember is there was only one album that the three of us could agree on. You and I could agree on lots of things. Oh, Mike would that be Toto 4? Toto 4. Yeah. Mike and I could listen to a lot of things overlapping. You and Mike could listen to a lot of things overlapping. But mm -hmm. that Venn diagram came down to Toto 4. Mm-hmm. True. I, I will confess to that. So that was an interesting uh, year of our lives. Um, but we, so we've known each other. We've gone way, way back in, in through, through, through decades. So you and I, you know, we, we talk regularly. We work on this show regularly. And when I started, when I pitched the idea to it was going to be one a week. And then. Um, then it was going to be one a day. Well, it's still going to be one a day. But it was the inter the, the step it was going to be. And I had no intention of doing it more than one, one a week when we first started this. But then, so we started in May. And then about December, I, I found that I was wanting to do, I wanted to branch out into musicians. Um, because mm -hmm. we were having some musicians on, but there seemed to be like a lot of them that I wanted to, wanted to get the chance to talk to. And it would take forever to get through that list if I was mixing them in with, with artists and business owners and, you know, people. Um, and so we, we decided to go to twice a week and that was going to start in January, which is where Mike comes in because he was the first four music episodes and we talked about me knowing him for 40 years and that each, each episode was dedicated to one of those decades i have to admit there were times in those episodes that were very difficult for me um 
No joking aside, I have always really liked Mike. I've had a lot of respect for him. It wasn't until listening to those episodes that I learned about the prejudice that he dealt with while we were at school. I didn't see it. And I feel like a bad friend for not standing up next to him when he was dealing with it because I simply never saw it. And uh, that was pretty enlightening to me and kind of did a lot of soul searching after that. But uh, there were also a lot of great stories in there that I either was vaguely aware of or had never heard that had me laughing. So okay, I promised myself I was going to say that for Mike. Okay. So January comes of 2021 mm-hmm. and we start two episodes a week. And then March, let's do three. <laughs> Are you out of your freaking mind? <laughs> and we started doing three and, <laughs> and not consistently, uh, for various reasons. I mean, we both have, uh, day jobs. We both yeah. have, you know, most of the time families. Uh, and it's always, it's always going to be the guest fault because they cancel and they don't respond and they don't realize what a great opportunity, blah, blah, blah. No, anyway. Um, but then the goal really was to, to move this to a five day a week show, which I still have aspirations of, but we're not, that's not a conversation for, for us today, mm-hmm. but I'm, so we've known each other. Like, I just want to just reiterate, we've known each other for many, 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 many years. And, you think we would know better by now? We would. I still, you know, I, I just really want to come back and go, you said yes. I mean, you had a chance to say no and get away from this, but no, you said yes, so you're 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 trapped in for the journey. Yep. That's um, true. And it's been a lot of fun. I we've had a lot of fun. There's been frustrating moments in uh it's just like anything, you know, there's frustrating moments in in even, you know, the best of times. I just think what what I I think is that we're really lucky to live in a state that's got such a diverse pool of interesting things to talk about. Definitely. And so I really think that you know there's probably no way we're going to run out of content because something new will happen that will be conversational worthy if you will. Oh yeah. So yeah. And I actually would like to see us follow up with some people that were on the show early on and just see um, kind of where life has taken them since then. Okay. Publicly say that. Who? Who? Well, you know, being a member of the Raymond Hayden fan club, um, <laughs> Oh, I was just thinking, you know, I've been sitting here all day going through the list of episodes and looking at all the guests, and um, I have to admit, I had completely forgotten about many of them, but when I look at them again, I start thinking, this is great. 
Who? Um, who? Give me an example. I was thinking about the Sparks Museum. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That, that, that was one that was like, oh, okay, well, this probably is going to be rather dull. And it turned out being really cool. And uh, like, if Bellingham wasn't such a far drive for us now, living down here in the mighty metropolis of McClary, um, I would love to go see that museum. And of course, now that we're allowed to travel around the state again, I think we just may have to find some time to do that. Okay. Um, there have been shows that we've done that that's kind of my idea for a destination show. Okay. It's some place that, yeah, we're going to talk about the community where it's located. We're going to find out some of the history they've gone through, but here's a view into something that I never knew existed. Um, that sounds like a lot of fun. And I really wish um, we had known about that when our son was little because I think he would have gone berserk in a place like that. Okay. Um, hearing about the Kite Museum, um, at, well, about the uh, stunt kites, mm -hmm. um, that was a fun trip down memory lane that made me think that, oh, yeah, I haven't gotten my kite out in years. I should go do that again, especially now that I live so close to Ocean Shores. Um, gosh, that's a little embarrassing to think about another hobby sitting here collecting dust that I should pull out again. Um, we haven't spoken with anybody yet that I can recall about uh, windsurfing or something in the Columbia, have we? Not yet. We, I we think, haven't. Uh, that's it, it, a strong community within the state. Um, except for the, here's the thing: they go, you know, they are they really surfing the Columbia and Washington? Or are they going over to that other place? Are they going to Oregon? Well, if you go far enough up the gorge, just gotta be careful. You can't yeah, talk about that that's other true. place. I know we don't want to go over to the dark side. Right, we can't talk about that other place. Don't want to go down under <coughs> Oregon. <clears throat> cough, cough. Yes. No, just kidding, Oregon. We love you. Not really. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. I don't know. Um, I have to admit, I've really enjoyed the different um, brewing-related guests, mm -hmm. especially uh, for apple cider. Okay. Because that is really um, something that's very strong in Washington State and really highlights one of the best exports that we have with our apples. Oh, where else would I like to see us go? Of course, now, I'm sure that those episodes would do even better if there was a, a case of samples sent over for the producer. Just saying. What makes you think that there's samples sent to the host? <laughs> <laughs> there have been. I will say. I will say. There have yeah, been. Yeah. There have been. There have been. Very, very, very generous and 
appreciative to those those guests. Well, I'm, I'm we we've got some really good ideas that you've brought up at times. Um, talking to a lot of the farmers markets, um, that's something that I think people can really enjoy again now. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, gosh, there there must be people writing books that would be cool. Um. There's a Not lot me, of, because I never finished the ones that I've been working. There's on, a lot but. of really um, interesting authors in Washington state. Um, and one guest that I had on um, another Renee Fabre tip my cap. I asked Renee, Hey, who do you think we should have on? And Renee gave me a list. And, and one of the, one of the names on the list was Nancy Pearl. And uh-huh. Nancy uh, was gracious enough to sit down with me and, we had a, a lovely conversation. She's a, a lovely person. And she even, um, you know, she even has talked to me after the show since. So it's, I mean, um, I don't want to say that she'll be on again, but the invitation has been extended and hopefully we'll, we'll have Nancy back on. She gave me, Excellent. A, she gave me a handful of, of, of authors to, uh, to look at, to reach out to. And, um, there's a couple that I have that are, you know, on the, uh, bucket list, if you will. There's, there's a, mm-hmm. a couple of guests that out there that I, um, I really want, um, to have a conversation with because, um, a, Edgar I think they're Martinez. iconic for this. Can you say that a little louder, please? Edgar Martinez. Yes. Um, uh, Edgar Martinez. I would- love to hear that yeah edgar martinez would be uh, edgar um or anybody that knows edgar uh please reach out to us we would absolutely love to have you on as a guest nothing but respectful and supportive because big fans yeah absolutely and i i met edgar and i really want to share that story with him to see if he remembers it because it was it's very memorable to me uh so edgar's one for me um but um oh my gosh i'm drawing a complete blank oh okay so here's the other one in in this one okay so and i think you'd like this one too gary larson oh absolutely so gary if you're listening call me <laughs> or emails okay yeah emails fine but call me we have a we have a we have a, a a bucket list of, of guests, you know, our dream 100 list we have. And we've had a couple of the guests on there. Uh, Pat Cashman was on that list and, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, and, uh, and, and he, uh, he, he was on the list. Um, we have, we have others and we're not going to go through that list, but if you guys want, it's on the website, you can look, if you know any of the people we would always welcome an introduction. We'll be kind. We won't bring up, you know, Raymond Hayden during any of those episodes. Um, <laughs> It'll be difficult. It'll but. be difficult, but <laughs> we have to weave him into everything. But so I would <laughs> like to, you know, I think we've we've kind of beat the horse that is the the show to, to for enough for this for our guests. But I, uh, I now now people are still I, listening. I have one observation I would like to close with on we're the not topic closing. Of, okay, go ahead of of Raymond Hayden. Oh, okay. He is Washington State's Kevin Bacon. Seems to be. 
seems to mm-hmm. be. Yes. Okay. So the podcast has, has been a lot of fun for me. Um, I've, I've really liked working with you on it. But when you're not being the producer of the podcast, what are you doing for fun and excitement these days? Oh, good golly. Um, looking for work. That's always exciting. Um, if you're looking for a tech writer, Todd Phillips is your man. <laughs> Give Todd Phillips a call at 555-1111. Right. Well, we are um, in the process of starting our solar greenhouse. So uh, we've been having fun watching our uh chosen contractor slaving away in the rain out here putting up the uh, forms for that for the foundation and uh, looking forward to getting started on that project after wishing for several years that we could do it mm-hmm. um gosh you know it, it's really exciting here there's playing a lot of computer games there's playing with my guitar i do not claim to be any good at all, but I enjoy it. So that's something uh, I do to pass the time when I'm supposed to be editing a podcast. Oh, wait, I shouldn't have said that out loud. You'll just edit it out. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. Hey, Todd, remember to pull this one out. For a small fee, you'll remove it. <laughs> yeah, That's one question guests always ask me. Do you edit these? And I'm like, well, it depends. We, I go, I, we do some light editing. And they're like, but what if I say something wrong? Or what if, you know, I go, well, for a small fee, we'll remove it. Mm-hmm. And people take me seriously. <gasps> He's like, always joking because I never see the small fee. <laughs> no, one's, no one's offered to pay either. Um <laughs> Well, honestly, nobody's really said anything that embarrassing. No, nothing at all. Me, <laughs> I've embarrassed myself plenty of times. I've only, you know, left it in once or twice. Mm-hmm. So, so you've lived in Washington your entire life. Almost. My family moved up here when I was four, so oh. I had no say in the matter, and I consider myself a native. Where were you? Uh, where were you from birth to four? Um, down in the Bay Area of California. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. After all these years. Yeah. So I learned something on this episode. Which... I, uh, one of my only memories of living in Hayward down there was uh, there was this big grassy hill up at the high end of our street. It was a ridge line that uh, is better known as the San Andreas Fault. <laughs> and, uh, always kind of remember that, you know, later in life, learning the significance of that thinking, oh, wow, you know, that's kind of interesting that that was so close to home and uh, visiting family as a teenager and seeing all the apartment buildings up on that ridge up on stilts. What could go wrong? What could possibly go wrong? All right. So we'll call you, well, I can't call you a native, but you're, 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 you're you're almost, you're almost. What's a place in Washington state that you think is underrated? 
Obviously, McClary, because the tourism board would love me to talk up our little town for the three or four businesses that are here. Um, that's a good question. I, our destinations have typically been ocean shores because, um, yeah. Both my wife's family and mine have always enjoyed going out there for vacation. So that's kind of where my mind goes right away. Okay. Eastern Washington, it's, it really depends on what you enjoy doing. This is such a diverse state for climate and for uh, recreation that you can find just about anything. I I would love to see more tourism dollars coming into our very poverty-stricken county, but at the same time, I want those people to go away again afterwards. <laughs> so that's not entirely fair. Um, <laughs> I, I, gosh, I can't really think of one that's undersold. Um, I really enjoy quite a few places in Eastern Washington. I really enjoy being on the wet side, except for when it's wet. Uh, <laughs> not a fan of the traffic. I have to admit that. I remember an awful lot of great camping and recreation uh, possibilities along the Columbia Gorge mm -hmm. that I don't know if it's underrated, but it's definitely worth a trip. Okay. Um, I've always loved taking the family and going over to Leavenworth for the day or for a weekend. Um. Judging by the lack of parking places, I don't think that one's being undersold. I think <laughs> that the story is probably out on that one. Just a lot. Just yeah. a lot. Um, I kind of miss going up to Whidbey Island and visiting some of the state parks up there. Okay. Kind of far to go now. Mm-hmm. But uh, there are some great state parks up on the islands up there that are wonderful to visit. Um, bring back all the discussions I had with my mom when I was camping as a teenager and we were going to be up on the islands in the winter. Because, no, no, it's not going to be cold. It's the banana belt. <laughs> it's always warmer and drier up there. Trust me. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's a great non-answer rambling. That's, yeah, well, okay. Um, hey, yeah. editor? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Short, yeah. All right. So, as you know, because you've listened to all these episodes, at least, maybe not entirely, but, you know, you've at least listened to the next few questions a few times. Um, where's a great place to grab lunch in the greater Grace Harbor County, McClary area? <laughs> Um, a great place. I'm not sure there are any anymore. Um, there's the, uh, 
Wonderful rusty tractor. I gave you Grays Harbor County. I I, I know, I know. I realize you're being very generous there. Um, I'm surprised you you haven't you haven't said it yet. I'm thinking you will. What now? Now I'm wondering if it's closed. Ocean Shores. Oh, Galway Bay. Yes, the place that Scott has never had a good meal, and I've never had a bad one. I think they like me better. Oh, you do like Galloway Bay. All right. I do. I do. Um, And actually, now that uh, once my son reached legal drinking age, he's become very fond of it also. Okay. Um, That's that's a great way to spend a Friday night or Saturday night listening to live music and drinking ale and eating good Irish food. Right. Um. Yeah. Okay. Actually, yeah. I I would. I was spacing on them for a moment, but yeah, I would say I would love to grab lunch there. Okay. What didn't I ask you that I should have asked you? Cake or pie? No, I haven't asked. That's we end up with that one. Oh, oh. Okay. You should know. Sorry, I didn't you mean all. to rush. Yes. <laughs> What didn't we talk about that we probably should have talked about? Anything? Well, I guess my upcoming tour dates around the Northwest. And, uh, oh, yeah, my new book is released. And, uh, and where can people find out more about your new book? Um, probably nowhere. Okay. Huh. Okay. I guess I should actually finish writing it first. There you go. Yeah, that that might be a step that I've overlooked. Okay. All right. So now that you know the surprise, cake or pie, and why? Cobbler. What type? <laughs> Actually, no. My favorite has always been cheesecake. Okay. But uh, now I'm not supposed to eat it. What type? Chocolate mint. Chocolate mint cheesecake. Yeah. Okay. I've never had it from anyone else. I used to make it, and it was fabulous. That brings up a story from 40 years ago. Oh, no. I've got two words for you. Mystic mints. (laughs) I wish they still made those. Scott used to... uh... (laughs) Used to be my pusher for <laughs> Mystic Mints whenever his dad would uh, bring some over. And yeah, yeah. It was a good little side business. It was. It was a really good little um, side business. And people wonder why I never had money for beer. Mm-hmm. That's how I had money for beer. <laughs> exactly right. It, it was a very symbiotic relationship. Yeah, no, it was, uh, it was a lot of fun. I, uh, yeah, that was so. Just very quickly, my father was a sales salesman for Nabisco. Uh, worked there for thirty nine years as in sales and management. And uh, my primarily, well, my freshman and sophomore year, but really my freshman year, they would come, my mom and dad would come over and visit me. And my dad had a company car. Nabisco uh, sales reps had company cars, and his was a an early eighties Chrysler K car wagon. Um, 
which when you say it out loud makes you wonder how it got over and back the past. But anyway, um, he would bring me over damaged Nabisco products. And at first it would be whatever he, the warehouse had, you know, if the, if the, if a case was damaged, it could, off a pallet. Yeah. yeah. If it fell off a pallet or, uh, you know, they couldn't sell it. So sales reps were allowed to take them and give them away as samples. And, and this was completely, you know, a, a legit perk of, of working there. And he would just bring over stuff. And uh, I grew up with that stuff and I never liked it because I had it all the time. I'd gladly trade Nabisco products for homemade cookies, even if they were Gusley Tollhouse and made by a, a four-year-old, I would trade for that all day long. And so I got the idea of selling, selling the packages for 50 cents a package. And my roommate um, was a, an Air Force kid, so he didn't have a lot of things. And so his closet was empty and we built a little display in there and uh pretty soon our door would be knocked you know people would be knocking on our hey are you the guys with the cookies and you know and we were selling you know 50 cents a package and sometimes my, in the middle of the night sometimes in the middle of the night yeah at 2 a.m you know last call for cookies um and so what started off as just this random you know s selection people like todd were not fighting. I mean, but they were tips on the Oreos, man, tips on the mystic mints. And, and Todd lived pretty close. So he could, you know, he knew when my parents were coming in. So he would, he would yeah. be there. Yeah. And, um, but pretty soon After we started a while, they were slipping a couple aside just to make sure that I would get my mystic mints. Yeah. And, and, and we were, um, we were starting to place orders. <laughs> Hey, can you get us these? You know, yeah. and my dad was bringing over a station wagon full of cookies and crackers, and and uh, I did a I did a bang up business there for uh, my freshman Scott year. Scott was very popular. I was really yeah. Um, I was I had yeah I had a I had a thing going there. I was I was and, and and people to this day that know me from back then still kind of bring that up. So anyway, Todd, Mystic Mints makes sense with your chocolate mint cheesecake. Yeah, thing. yeah, that's always okay. been a a favorite combination well, of for me. We're going to wrap this up, but I, I, I truly want to say to you, I, I, we wouldn't be having this episode if it wasn't for your hard work. Uh, cause if, <laughs> I know if I were responsible for editing, heck, I can't even get them released in time. Half the time, Todd, I, I wouldn't, we wouldn't have been this far. The fact that you have been an integral part of, of the show, um, for 250, this is episode 250 in our third anniversary. Um, I'm really grateful and appreciative of, of everything you've done to contribute to its, um, success. And, um, I, well, I hope, and, and I, and I wanted to have you on as a guest and then I kept putting it off and I was like, well, when's the right time to do it? And this, this is, I think this is the right time to, to have it on. Cause it's, you it's know, always, interviewing the producer is kind of like jumping the shark. Yeah. You know, and I hope not. I hope not. I well, hope this goes on for another few hundred episodes at I, least. I, I hope so too. I, and I, you know, the, the nice thing about it is really is it's a target rich environment. We, I don't think we're going to run mm -hmm. out of, I don't think we're going to run out of potential guests. Um, and hopefully our listeners are finding the episodes to be entertaining and enjoyable and learning something. And I would be remiss as I've been for almost every one of the previous episodes if I didn't say, hey, 
if uh, if you like the show, can you leave us a review? Because at least that way we know somebody's listening, and uh, we appreciate your your feedback. Good. Or if it's bad about Todd, go ahead and leave it. If it's bad about me, just skip it. No, um, welcome, welcome the feedback. <laughs> also, we have a Explore Washington State has a weekly newsletter. You can hear about the show. You can hear about other things that's going on around the state. If you visit explorewashingtonstate.com, you can sign up for that. It's it's free. Hey, Todd, you get the last word. Mystic Mints. Hope you enjoyed the show. You can reach me on Twitter at explorewastate. I'd love to hear your comments. You can also visit our website at explorewashingtonstate.com. If you know anyone who would like the show, it'd be amazing if you'd share the show with them. This is the biggest way that we grow this show. Good old word of mouth. Glad you were here with me today, and I hope to have you listening to the next episode. See you then.